Good morning, church. How are you today? Good. Good to see you. Welcome to all our guests. I've met many guests today. Let's all do this together. Let's all join together. Great clap and welcome our guests here. So great. We're glad you're here. We really are. We're so glad you came. Uh, I'm glad all of you are here, though. Uh, every one of you are important, and so we're glad you came to church today. Hey, let me ask you, have you heard the news about our new church home? Have you heard the news? All right, so... If you are new to us, we have a new church home that's coming our way. Uh, we love what we get to do here, but we have leased the Jelly Bean Skating Rink that is on Oleander. And so we're going to start renovations on that building this year. And then next year, we'll get to be in our own home. And so it'll be amazing, amazing. <clears throat> I have a t-shirt that I'm going to make for our setup team and our breakdown team and all of our tech team. And by the way, I want to just give a quick round of applause to those people that work so hard. <laughs> our tech team creates an environment out of a gymnasium every week and they work so hard, so appreciate them. But, but I'm getting a t-shirt made for our setup breakdown tech team and it's gonna say, the end is near. <laughs> so like it's, you're not gonna do this forever, the end is near. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next step that we have as a church moving into our new church home. Easter is two weeks away. I'm so excited about Easter, I love Easter. Easter is the most significant celebration for a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not just a holiday. It's not just the beginning of spring and not just the day you get to wear, you know, a pretty new dress and, you know, all that. It is the day that we celebrate that our Savior who was crucified for our sins but is now resurrected back to life. And so I want to encourage you to make plans to be here not because of the hype that we're going to have an amazing day here, but because as a believer, you don't want to miss celebrating the fact that your Savior is now alive and He is saving people today. So we're coming for the right reasons. And then I promise you, we're going to make it a great day on top of that. And so we have three services for us, 830 10 o'clock and 11.30. Each service will be about one hour. And so we're going to want you to come and pick your service. Maybe you're an early bird and you want to come early. Maybe you like coming in a little later. So whatever it may be, we're going to have a great time on Easter. Now we're beginning a series today. You see the name of the series, The Wonder of Jesus. The Wonder. Wonder is about amazement. It's, it's a sense of awe about who Jesus is. I want to take us for the next couple weeks and restore within us maybe a, a way that we are awestruck again by the name of Jesus. You know, in our culture where we live, especially in the South, and everybody has heard the name of Jesus and almost everybody says they go to church. But I want to be like in a place to where when I hear the name of Jesus, I pause and I go, that's my Savior. Like, He has changed my life. 
And I don't want to just gloss over the name of Jesus. And so in this series, I hope that for all of us, we, maybe we rebirth or rekindle that sense of wonder about Jesus Christ. Next week, we'll have a ser- our, our sermon called The Wonder of His Love. And that's the, the crucifixion, the wonder of His love. We're going to take communion together as a church body. Then the next week of Easter, the, ser- the sermon will be the wonder of His victory, the wonder of His victory of new life for us and how we see the world when we come into this victory of new life over death itself. So it's going to be a great time in this series. And, and today I want to take you to a message that I feel, I feel inspired today. So I feel like there's, um, I feel led to preach this today. And so I love it when I have that sense. Always I want that sense, but sometimes I just know that the Holy Spirit said, you know, take this one and preach this one for sure. And so my sermon title is The Wonder of His Miracles. The Wonder of His Miracles. When I think about Jesus and His ministry, I cannot separate the miracles of His life. I want to stir in our hearts, in your heart, my heart, our church, to to believe God for a move, a supernatural move in your life and and in our church. I want to to just see God do amazing things, and I know He is. Honestly, I'll never in my life be satisfied with religion that lacks the power and the supernatural spirit empowerment of God in our life. I don't want to lead a church that, that is just intellectually smart about Jesus. I want to be part of a church body that, that says God is on the move and he is doing amazing works in our midst. I love to preach about grace. Grace is one of my favorite topics I ever preach about. And you've been around here, you probably know that. I'll lean into grace all the time because I'm just, I'm in wonder about the fact that he loves us, he saves us, and he forgives us. And, and he does all that whether we deserve it or not. And the reality is it's always not. We never deserve it. And, and I, it just blows me away to think that he operates with that kind of love for us. But I also want to preach about the, the reality of his spirit that is for the here and now. I mean, our grace saves us for eternity. And so we're secure for heaven. I love that. But also he cares about our here and now And that's where these miracles come in, where God is moving in our life today. We need a powerful, miracle-working Jesus in 2022. I love reading about it in the scriptures, but I need him today. I need his miracles. I need his power. I need his favor. I need his blessings. I need him today as much as I've ever needed him, and so do you. So years ago, a fun story I was Eli's soccer coach. He's like 11 years old, rec soccer, and um, I had a blast coaching him. He had a little little fellow on his team named Carlos. Man, Carlos could score, buddy. Like, we were the best team in the league because Carlos was the best player in the league. And then, and then Eli was a little speedster, and so those two, man, they were, they'd tear it up. And so I looked like the best coach. I was the MVP, in my opinion. They didn't give me that trophy, but I awarded myself. You know, that's how you do it today. You just give yourself trophies, you know. You just 
So I gave myself a trophy. I was the MVP coach. But so there was this one day we were down at Veterans Park uh, at the fields down there. And if you've ever been to Veterans Park, there's like, I don't know, six soccer fields. It's huge. It's a wonderful place to have practices. And so we were out on one of those fields and Bailey had, you know, tagged along with me to coach the team because she loves soccer and, you know, I don't know, I probably made her go. But so um, we're having soccer practice. And so we kind of go into a little scrimmage mode. And so I jump into the game with them, and so I'm running around, and so I had these keys in my pocket, so I gave my keys to Bailey, and I said, here, babe, hold these keys for me while I run around and play with, the, with these boys. Well, somewhere about five minutes in, I noticed she's out with the boys playing too now, so she's like, I'm in, and so, you know, I can do it. It was always her phrase, I can do it too, and so she was doing it too, and so we practiced and played, and somewhere along the way, the keys popped out of her pocket, in the middle of this giant field they're in. And she didn't know it. She was playing. And so, um, so we played, then practice end. All the boys went home. And then I stayed with Eli and Bailey, and we kicked goals until dark 30. You know what dark 30 is? Like it was, it had got pitch black out there. And so finally it's time to go home. And I said to Bailey, hey, babe, let me have the keys. And she kind of did that, oh, no, and we've lost the keys. My phone is locked in the car. And so we're, well, there's no way. I mean, Veterans Park to home, like it was going to be a long walk, no way to get around it. And so other than, you know, somebody might help us. So, you know, thank God for cell phones today, but I'd left it in the car, couldn't get in the car. And so I said to Bailey, I said, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's pray. And let's ask God to lead us to our car keys. And so we prayed a short little prayer. God help us find the keys, you know. And so we did this thing where we said, let's walk, you know, 10 steps this way and 10 steps this way and 10 steps this way. And we walked all over. And so finally we said, here, this is it. And so I'm, I am not kidding you. I am telling you the truth. God knows it. We looked and at the toe of my shoe were those keys out in the middle of that field. Now, you may be thinking, well, so what? <laughs> God helped you find the keys. Well, let me tell you, if you had to walk home, that little miracle became a big miracle in my life. And let me tell you that I believe that God wants to move in the big things in your life. And I think he wants to move in the little things in your life. I think God just wants to move in your life. I think God's looking for people that will start praying prayers about everything, saying, God, would you move? God, would you bless? God, would you favor this? God, would you heal this? Like we need to get in that mindset that we are part of a supernatural kingdom and then we have access to be able to ask for all these things. So let me take you to the scriptures in Matthew chapter 8, 23 through 27. It's a story of, of Jesus and his disciples who were in a boat and a windstorm kicked up and they thought they were going to drown. And so here's how it goes. It says, now when he, this is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest, which is a huge windstorm on the, on the sea, arose on the sea. And it says, so that the boat was covered with waves, but he, a Jesus, was asleep. Now I find that kind of interesting, the fact that in the middle of a storm, Jesus is sound asleep. 
probably that ought to give us a little indication about the way he handles the storms of life. He doesn't go into code red crisis mode in the middle of a storm. He sits in a place of rest and peace at all times. That's probably something for us to learn. Amen. So in the middle of a storm, he's at rest. And then it says, verse 25, both the disciples who are probably more like you and I came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. Wouldn't you? Like you think your boat's going to drown. They said we're perishing. Let me pause there a moment and talk about that word save. So you see in this context, the word save, that they were asking Jesus to, to um, rescue them, to deliver them from a natural calamity, a natural problem in their life. There was the reality of a storm and they're like, save us in this storm. Well, if you were to go to the Greek and that the original language that this text was written in, you would find the word for saved is sozo, S-O-Z-O. You want to say it with me? Everybody say sozo. One, two, three. Well, we kind of didn't say it together, but we have to practice that. We're not good at that yet. I didn't set you up. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Sozo. Perfect. Sozo is a, a Greek word and it means to rescue, so that's the, the word, to rescue or to deliver from, from natural things in, in life. And so, so, you know, we have the ability to ask Jesus to sozo our situations in life, just like these disciples. The word sozo also appears in 1 Peter 2.24. And the scripture says in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, By Jesus' stripes we are made well some versions will say whole, some versions will say healed, and some versions will say saved. Because that word saved is what you find there when it says by Jesus' stripes we are made or healed. That's that sozo word. It's the same word that we find for saved in this text. Meaning that there's a, a, a physical way that God intervenes into our life. And that word saved is there, sozo. So we see that God sozos us. So when you go over for prayer on Sunday morning for healing on the side, what you're actually saying to, to God when you go to prayer is, God, would you sozo my situation? Sozo me. And so that's what that means. Also, though, the word sozo appears when you see the scriptures and it'll say something like Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Now this is most often how we recognize the word saved because that saved is where, where Jesus saves us from the condemnation of our sin in our life, saves us and forgives us for eternity. That's how we are saved by grace through Jesus Christ. That's the same word sozo. And see what I love about Jesus is that salvation is comprehensive. It's, it's, it's about us being saved in our, from our sin, yes, but it's also in a natural way because saved from our sin becomes a spiritual place for the kingdom of God for us. But he also sozos us for all the things in our life, all the places that we need help, all the miracles that we need in our life. And so these men at this point, they were saying, Lord, save us. They're, they're crying out for a physical healing and, and, and deliverance in that moment. So the scripture goes on to say, verse 26, but he said to them, why are you fearful? This is Jesus, oh, 
of little faith. Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm over everything. So Jesus performed this miracle. So zoed, the miracle was there. And verse 27 says, so the men, they marveled. They marveled. I love that. They marveled at the miracle. In other words, they, they were, had a sense of awe. They were like, wow. And wouldn't you, if you were on the boat, you would be like, wow. You would have, you would be awestruck at the miracle of Jesus. Awestruck. Wow. Look what he did. He calmed the storm. And so it says that they marveled. They saw and experienced a miracle firsthand. And church, this is how I want to be in my life. And I want our church to be here. I want to be in wonder and awestruck at the wonderful things that God does in our life. I, listen, he saves us. Amen. He, he heals us. He delivers us. He rescues us. God's power is always at work in our life. And I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to overlook the amazing, wonderful things God does. I want to be like these disciples where I go, wow, I'm marveling at the things that he does in my life. He helps us. He guides us. He protects us. He anoints us for what he's called us to. He comforts us. Sometimes when we walk with the Lord for a period of time, we lose our sense of wonder at how wonderful Jesus is. I think that we should just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see all of the things that Jesus does for us. Like he does so many things on a daily basis in our life. And I want to be someone that appreciates all that he does. And you know, whatever you choose to focus on is what you'll begin to see more of. And right now in 2022, it's easy to focus on negativity and all the problems and all the pains. And if we choose to focus there all the time, we'll miss some of the amazing things that God is doing in our life. He is doing things all the time on our behalf because he's a miracle working God. Wonder creates worship. Because when you see the miracles, whether it's car keys or something big, when you see those things, you come to a place of awe, which is what worship is all about. When we come to worship on Sunday, we're not here just to sing songs and watch the band. I'm here to be in awe of the presence of God and how wonderful he is in my life. So it's a place of worship. And so the disciples, they, they cried out. Jesus performed a miracle. They marveled. And then they said something what I consider quite peculiar. They said, who can this be? Who is this man we're riding with? Who is this? I was like, well, they just know who he is. Like they're in the boat with him. Why are they saying, who can this be? They said, even the winds and the seas obey him. And so I was pondering why in the world did they say, who could this be? I mean, just moments before they were saying, Lord, save us. So they had a knowledge of who he was. Here's what I believe is happening. I believe at this point, they only knew him 
intellectually, but not spiritually yet. They knew about him. They, they had seen him do things and they talked to him. They were riding in a boat with him, but in the midst of this miracle, it helped them perceive and see Jesus to be more than just a man, but now they recognize him as someone who can calm the storms. He is more for them. They probably saw him as a great teacher or a great leader or a great influencer, but now something changed where they saw him spiritually or supernaturally in their life. They knew him but now they know him as the son of God, like the miracle working God, like everything in their perception of him. And that's why like, who is this? They went from intellectual or maybe they knew him theologically. They, they, they understood him, but now they're experiencing him. It's kind of like uh, for me, I, um, I know about Hubert Davis. You know who Hubert, Hubert Davis is? He's, no, he's, he's married. He has three children. He's a devout Christian. And he happens to be the head basketball coach for the UNC Tar Heels that beat Duke last night. I, I, that's who he is. <laughs> oh, I had to slide it in there. My Duke friends, I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Don't, don't, don't run out on me. Don't get mad. It's okay to joke. It's just a game. Here's the point though. I know about Hubert Davis, but I don't know him. I've never been with him to meet him. Many people know who Jesus is, but they only know him theologically or they only know him intellectually. They only know him because their mama knew him. They only know him because they live in the South and everybody knows Jesus, but they haven't ever experienced him spiritually. They don't have a sense of wonder at the, at the spiritual supernatural power of God. And the miracles are what changed their perception of who he was. The Gospels record Jesus performing more than 30 distinct miracles. Miracles and signs and wonders all played an important role in Jesus' ministry. And so just like in the story here where the disciples, they, they said, who is he based off of those miracles? Who is this man, Jesus? If you're taking notes, I will say like this to to grab a point for us today that Jesus's miraculous acts prove he is the son of God. He's not just a great man. He is a holy God that came to earth to demonstrate to us the kingdom of God. So there's a verse that I'll read to you about Peter and he's preaching to a group of Israelites and, and Jewish leaders and Jewish people that had had previously had rejected Jesus. They didn't accept him to be the son of God. And so Peter is preaching this message in Acts chapter 2, 22. And he says to them, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst. And so the word attested there means 
providing clear evidence for. And so Peter is convincing the Israelites who did not know Jesus as the son of God. They obviously knew who he was, but they didn't accept him as the son of God. And Peter is saying God attested, God made clear evidence of who he was based off of the miracles. And the English word for miracles derives from the Latin word miraculum. And it means something that is wondered or marveled at. And so here's the point of what I want to make for it today. That the miracles create this sense of wonder and awe. That's what miracles do. When you experience a miracle, when you recognize God's move in your life, then it, then it draws people, it draws us to, to, to discover that Jesus is more than a, a good person. It forces people, signs and wonders and miracles. It, it forces people to see Jesus beyond a theological explanation. The miracles provide convincing evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. And so, therefore, church, as your pastor today, as the leader of this household of faith, not for any other church, but this is what I set for us, that we must set an atmosphere of faith and expectation for God to move through miracles in our service so that people will not only know about Jesus, but they will experience him spiritually so that there'll be a transformation in their spirit life so that they don't learn Jesus as a religion of rights and wrongs and do's and don'ts, but they learn him from a place of going, man, my spirit just came alive. I'm not just natural anymore. I'm a spiritual person. Like, I don't want to get people theologically saved. You know how long that'll last? Till the first crisis comes. Then they'll fall out of church. Life will fall apart. And then they'll call me one day and I'll send them to Jody for Celebrate Recovery. Without an atmosphere of faith for miracles, many people only know Jesus as a savior from their sin. Now, let me tell you, that's a good thing, though. Like, listen, if he never did anything else in our life but save us from our sin and give us eternal life, that's enough to worship and praise him for eternity. Can I get an amen on that? So listen, I'm not diminishing the fact that, that salvation is the most significant thing in our life. But here's the point I want to make. Check it on the screen. But we can know and worship Jesus as our eternal Savior but miss knowing him as our present helper. That's the whole part of sozo. We want it all. I want the sozo Jesus. I want the Jesus that saves me, the Jesus that heals me, the Jesus that delivers me, the Jesus that comforts me, the Jesus that helps me, the Jesus that empowers me, the Jesus that goes before me, the Jesus that's behind me, the Jesus that's above me, the Jesus that saves us and helps us through all of, all of life problems. I want that Jesus. I, I don't want to read about him in the, in the, in the New Testament and go, that's what he, what he used to. And I, and I don't want to hear it from, you know, a generation, generation past. Pray God, I need him today. So what was one of Jesus' primary focuses in ministry? What his primary focuses was, was the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, 17, that from that time on, Jesus began, began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven. 
heaven is at hand. And when he says at hand, he's meaning it's, it's here now. Jesus is here and he is introducing us to a new spiritual kingdom. Some versions say that the kingdom of heaven is near, meaning that it's near to us. It's not far from us anymore. He's near to us. And so Jesus began to introduce the world to this new spiritual kingdom. And I believe that, that when we believe upon Jesus for salvation in our life, that we enter into his spiritual kingdom. Now, obviously, we're still us, flesh, blood, and, you know, and hair, no hair, and whatever you may be. Um, we're still, you know, we don't float around just because we, we got saved and all the problems suddenly don't go away. So all the natural is still there. But we also now have stepped into a new supernatural spirit life, which means to me, in other words, when we enter into the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, we enter into a life of brand new possibilities because we have a spirit life, a supernatural Jesus in our life. And I think that because I'm a believer in this spiritual kingdom, that I can walk in the full potential and the possibility for God to always be at work in my life through miracles and through signs and through wonders in my life. Here's what I want. I want an everyday sense of his favor on my life. I want every day to, to, to wake up every day and go, I'm part of a spiritual kingdom. I have a supernatural Jesus. I have a Jesus that sozos. He saved me, but now I have him in my life to go before me and help me. Listen, I want to go into everything I do, not, not like arrogant, but confidence that my God is with me, that he cares for me. That my God is favoring my day. I want to go into every meeting I have and think, well, because of Jesus is with me, I'm winning this meeting. I'm getting that sales contract today. I'm walking in favor today. I'm walking in blessings today. Every day I want to walk that way. And I want to live with this sense of potential of God in every moment of my life. Listen, I don't want to live in 2022 with this discouraged attitude and downtrodden attitude. I believe that the reason I'm inspired to preach this today is to help people start looking and putting their hope, having high expectations that the kingdom of heaven is near to them, which means the full potential of God is with you today. You have his anointing today. It's a spiritual life you've come into. We should start living every day. This week, I was on a trip with Harriet to, to a little restaurant to eat dinner. And on the way there, like just before we got there, it just started pouring the rain, just coming down. And she looked at me and she goes, man, it's too bad we didn't get there five minutes early. And, and I said, it's okay, babe. I'm walking in favor today. I'm going to get a Jesus parking spot today. Like I'm, I'm living in an expectation now that, that Jesus, like I'm going to save Tim a parking spot. And you know what? We got to the restaurant and sure enough, there was a spot right there in the front. Parked right in, hopped right in, just barely got a couple drops. I was good. That's my Jesus. Who's your Jesus? Do you have just an intellectual Jesus? 
Do you have a Jesus of the past? I have a Jesus of today. Amen. This week, a friend of mine, her battery on her car died, and I was going to help her jump with jumper cables and start her battery, and we put it on there, and nothing happened. We, you know, and it wouldn't start, and so she's like, "Well, I guess I'm going to go buy a battery." And I said, "Hold on, let's pray for your battery. Let's resurrect that thing, you know." <laughs> power for heaven and a power for a battery it ought to be easy enough for God and so we lay hands on that thing and and you know what happened nothing <laughs> I sent her off to the store to get a battery but you know what I want to tell you that at least we went into it with an expectation that we're people of faith people of miracles people of hope and let me tell you, I don't want to get to heaven one day and God said, well, why didn't you pray for that? Because I was ready to answer that. I didn't want to get to it and go, well, I don't know. You didn't answer the battery prayer one day, so I quit. <laughs> I don't want to miss out. I don't want to leave any of God's blessings on the table. I want to be an asker. I want to be like, Lord, do it. I'm in a spiritual kingdom. I'm in a, 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 with a Jesus that heals and saves and delivers and rescues and he anoints. I want it all, you know. Amen. By the way, she, Michelle went to the store, bought a new battery. Then she went to a mechanic to get some more repairs done. And he goes, hey, it's not your battery. And she took the battery back to the store. They gave her money back. It didn't cost her anything to get her fixed. So, and her car works, it's fine. So listen, sometimes those deliverances and miracles come a little bit later. So I'd already given up and walked off. And so, but God is good. Can I get an amen? God is good. Amen, amen. Hey, as I close today, um, why did Jesus work miracles? Five quick things, I'll put them on the screen, you can see it. But one was for visible proof that Jesus is the Son of God. It was visible proof. People needed that. We need it today. Number two, it shows his authority over all sickness, disease, evil, demonic activity, and nature. So he has authority over all of it. And that's helpful to know that when we pray for any of these things, that we have a, a Jesus that has authority over it all. He demonstrated it. Number three, his compassion for humanity. Why did he heal people? Well, he'd see hurting people and he have compassion. We should have compassion. Number four, he, he did it to attract a crowd and to draw people to himself and create a platform for teaching people about the kingdom of God. So he performed miracles and drew huge crowds. But lastly, I believe he did it to show you and I of what is possible today. Because we serve a God, still serve a miracle working God. And I felt led to tell you today that if you'll begin to create an atmosphere in your life, a place of faith in your heart, that He wants to demonstrate big and small miracles in your life. And we need to look for the small ones like we look for the big ones. You know, sometimes if we only look for the supernatural and the spectacular, we'll miss God's move. He may help you find your keys. He may help you fix a battery. But also this week, we prayed for cancer in someone's life. And we believe the same for all. He's a miracle-working God. And when you give your life to Christ, you've come into a spiritual kingdom. And you can superimpose the spirit onto the natural and watch God move.
Let's live with that. Let's leave here today. Let's be that church with that expectation. Amen. Hey, if you're here and need a miracle in your life, I want to pray for you. If you are here and have a significant issue, you're like, I need a miracle. Or you're here and you have something simple, but you still need God to move. You know, any move of God is a miracle. And I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet to recognize I need to see this. I'm asking God for this. If you have something you want to ask today, would you stand to your feet? And I want to pray for you. Big or small. Let's be great at asking. Let's stir our faith today. Proud of you, church. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that stood to their feet. Lord, that you would hear the cry of their heart. And just like those disciples, they cried, Lord, save us. I pray, Lord, that you would save every person, whether it's their spiritual need, a physical need, a stronghold broken, whatever they need, God, I ask that you would do that today. And I thank you for miracles. We thank you in advance. We believe it. We declare it. In Jesus' name, would you do me a favor? If you're still seated, would you stand to your feet? I would love you to stand as a recognition that you're standing with those who are standing for a miracle. That's what we do as a body. We stand together. One day you're going to be standing and you want somebody to stand for you. Let's all declare this out loud together. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my sozo, Jesus that you save me from my sin, you rescue me, you heal me, you deliver me, you anoint me, you strengthen me, you comfort me, you help me. Everything I need is for me today and for my friends around me in Jesus' name. Amen, church, amen. Do you believe that today? I do, I do. As I close, I want to take one last part as you're standing at your feet. And if you've never experienced the, the part of Jesus that saves us from our sin and forgives our sin and we begin a brand new relationship with our Heavenly Father, this is a moment I want to lead you to have this experience today. I want you to know that you're loved by God. All of our sins are what separate us from God. Jesus died for your sins. And all of us have to choose to accept Jesus Christ as our own personal Savior. That's what brings you into the kingdom of God. That's what forgives your sins. It's your decision to do that. Now I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads. If you're here today and you're ready to say, yes, I choose to believe in Jesus for my salvation. Would you raise your hand real high to me? I would love to see your hands. I see your hands. God bless you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss you. Let's all say this together with our friends. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I choose Jesus. I receive forgiveness. And as of today, I'm a brand new, born again, saved person through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen, amen, amen.